EFT Houston. Tuning into Nuestra Palabra, Latino Raiders having their say on the air. Welcome to the update of our 20-year legacy. The organization, Nuestra Palabra, turns 20 in April of the next year. But we are leading up to it by touching on just some of the impact that folks have had. And we're giving you the live simulation because I can hear the crew <laughs> the other <laughs> moving stuff around. That's kind of called the B-roll of, of live radio. So you can feel as if you are enthralled. But today we're going to give you an update on news that is cutting edge about community art Great news, and also an update on the Texas State Board of Education turning its back on Mexican American Studies. And more importantly, you can't stop our movement. We are turning 20, and we're celebrating one of our own, Avaro Sarrios, presenting his work in full splendor at the University of Houston, because that's what we're about. Our stories, our way, so everyone can enjoy them. Hey, I'm 20 Diaz, Libre Traficante. Hey, hey, this is Mar uh, Marlon, Libre Traficante Malu. And we've got our crew. Libro Traficante J.A. And Libro Traficante Alexis Sorto. Alexis de Texas. Eso. <laughs> and if you want to see what they look like, because on radio they can't see us and we don't have a studio camera, you can go to the Nuestra Palabra Facebook page. And we shot a little video ahead of time to put things in context. I won't go over what we did there because that's premium program. It's a little extra programming. <laughs> but it is great to have them running the board because they've gone from interns to now running the show. That's awesome. Yep, yep. 
Yeah, we're carrying the torch. Congratulations, and that's exciting. And they are, they did this at the beginning as an internship, but now it's expanded into a lot of different aspects, which is what Nuestra Palabra is about and what KPT of, KPFT is about. And we have been doing this for 20 years. And I want you to put this in perspective. From a state where there were once Mexican-only schools, from a state where our gente were once hit for speaking Spanish in schools, we have come to the point where we tell our story, archive it. Today we're transmitting at 100,000 watts because of you, dear listeners. On top of it, the University of Houston Digital Archives will save this broadcast for future study, for reference. Our hard copy work is preserved by the Houston Public Library Special Collections in their Hispanic archives for our legacy. And I'm going to walk into a classroom next week and teach this stuff. I tell you all this because I want to make something clear. The Texas State Board of Education turned its back on Mexican-American studies. I'm going to tell you exactly why, how they moved the goalpost. You won't be shocked, but I'm going to give you the exact techniques they use so we can defy them. But let's make something clear. The Texas State Board of Education is not in charge of our movimiento. They can't erase the 20 years of work we've done before this and the generations of work those who came before us have done because we haven't been here for a little while we've been here thousands of years and this is the moment where because of all of us working together not just chicanos chicanas not just latinos african-americans anglos asian-americans working together we are at a point where we tell our stories and that's really the goal. The goal is for those stories to be told by everyone. Now, just to catch you up a little bit, we will have uh, on the program, we'll be talking to Alvaro Sarrios, whose play, La Luchadora, was just performed in full splendor at the University of Houston. It really was a fantastic production. It was great to see the scenery the lighting, the direction, and all the great acting that took place. And he's gone a long way from Chapultepec Restaurant. <laughs> That's where we started here in this neighborhood before it got gentrified. We started <laughs> we started at Chapultepec Restaurant in the party hall. And Alvaro Sarrios was one of the first writers to perform. He's a founding member of Nuestra Palabra. He's now a professor he has an MFA in teatro from uh, Northwestern University, one of the most prestigious universities for that sort of work. And it is great to see Houston roll out the red carpet, as many other cities have done in the nation. And that's what we're about. Our stories told our way for everybody. And it's exciting to see it delivered. We're also going to have our friend Carlos Villegas from Negami. You, you heard his music at the top of the show. Because writing also means compos composers, componiendo musica. And he's going to tell us about a toy drive that they've organized. Of course, you may remember one of the other members of Negami who wrote that cool corrido about Jose Altuve. And who was on our show two weeks ago. <laughs> That's so cool. Now, we, we're going to have to do an update of the song so they can include the line about him being MVP, I believe. He's looking into it. I talked to him about it. <laughs> so we'll hear about the band and the toy drive. But right now, I do want to fill you in on um, what transpired. So I missed the show two weeks ago because I was in in Austin. And basically what, what, what was going on is that um, I was the lead writer and editor for the textbook, The Mex-American Studies Toolkit. And I had submitted it along with my publisher for the adoption process. And it was part of the whole process for special topics, social studies, Mexican-American studies. Now, I do want you to know, dear listener, that we actually fought for that policy in 2014. We went to the Texas State Board of Education after having seen how Arizona erased our history, how Arizona banned our voices. We said, you know what? We don't want that happening in Texas. Well, you're 
your Republican far right would say things like, well, we're not going to ban mixed American studies. And that's the trick. You can't ban what you don't have. True. <laughs> right? It's like, okay, now we see through that. We said we demand mixed American studies. It appears that parts of Texas are in the 1930s. They are scared. They're not scared of our youth on corners looking tough. They're not scared of gangbangers anymore because they have basically created a police military state. They are terrified of our youth reading books. You see those tanks rolling on the train tracks on the on the railroad? Like heavy, heavy artillery, you know, and just like heavy machinery, just tanks and tanks full of, you know, just going down the Hempstead, um, that train track is scary, honestly. And, and that's mind-blowing because this is America. <laughs> we, we believe that we're, we're the, most, uh, the most democratic country, and yeah, here you are driving to work and you see that. Yeah, and like we're, they're trying to militarize, you know, Texas for what? You know, scary stuff. Exactly. So, the the for, the powers that be are not scared of our youth as criminals because they have basically come up with many ways to address that. They are terrified of our youth reading about their history and culture and reading books. And again, I simply point to Arizona's ban of Mexican-American studies to prove that. And I'm so happy that in August that racist un-American law was overturned and the judge said that law was applied with discriminatory intent mm -hmm. and that it was used to gain power. And now all the research that was submitted to overturn that law, to me, that's proof. And the evidence in the research said that cultural, culturally relevant curriculum, culturally relevant courses inspire our youth to go to school more and perform better. I don't know. You guys are young in school. Why do you think that's the case? Why do you think that when our youth, which is our our, our youth now, consists of fifty-two percent of all five point two million Texas public school students, the research says that when they're exposed to culturally relevant material, they are engaged more. Why do you think that's the case? I mean, just first of all, the numbers that we present in the demographics of America in general, we're highly, you know, influential. The the youth demographic is is such a influential force. It's it's crazy, and they they're aware of that. They're aware of you know the the voting power that we have. But at the same time, you know, um, we're you know just a whole bunch of kids on social media, like not even aware of you know, what's going on, and they're they're taking advantage of that. You know, um, they're taking advantage of the ignorance of the American people. And mm. sorry to interrupt, but on that note, um, I remember I spoke to you. Um, right around the time you were going to Austin, where I have a friend of mine that studied in Mexico. And he heard about the Moody riots back in 1970-something. Right. Um, I only knew about that because my dad told me. <laughs> my dad was living down the street from Moody Park when that happened. I spoke to other people, and they're like, what are you talking about? That never happened. Look yeah. it up, it did. So you're saying here's someone from Mexico had learned about it, and here we are. It happened in our backyard. And I'm sure they probably didn't, didn't know about, about the it. Uprising. Did you know about it? See? It, the history books are only told by the victors, you know, not not by the, the witnesses. I now, think I think uh, the reason why like, students excel in the, when they get taught about Mexican culture or Latino culture is because they get interested into it. Like, it's interesting to know about your culture then about then they're not about a culture that's not yours, right? Like, and like. Thanks. It makes pretty, it's like pretty <laughs> obvious, right? Like, it's much. actually no mystery. But yeah, we we know so much about the American culture, but we don't know much about ours. And, and in the like, past, yeah, you, you keep on going. Like, yes, it's true. So so in the past, we had stories of individuals like myself and the Cisneros, Dagoberto Gilb, who would say, "Hey, here is the impact." that this knowledge had on me and they wrote about it that wasn't enough then we conducted the research we had chicanas chicanos who could come up with the analysis present the surveys that wasn't enough finally that information this thing I'm, I'm preparing you as you meet with your families <laughs> this <laughs> week at the dinner table I'm giving you the ammunition this is no longer a theory the research that proves 
ethnic studies helps our youth has been studied by scholars, enemies who want to overturn it, and the youth. And it's been proven to say it works in our young. We, it, it gives the, the culture, like the Latinos, like a sense of pride to know who you are and stuff. By knowing that knowledge, it gives you a sense of pride, like it makes you want to excel in life and represent your culture. Great. Now, you didn't say anything about overturning the government, did you? You didn't nah. say... <laughs> well, no. I'm going to tell you that because I'm going to tell you how the public testimony began. Two weeks ago today, at the Austin Capitol, in front of the Texas State Board of Education, for public testimony, a person came to give public testimony, and what he said is, you better not endorse this book because it will be the balkanization of education. So he's implying that somehow this book that you just said would help people study, he said the book would create division along races that leads to a civil war, which is that means. And then he said, especially now we should teach assimilation, especially after the terrorist actions that have gone on. This guy connected ethnic studies. How does that connect? He didn't bother saying it. Of course not. So... I mean, it's 1930s in some parts of Texas. This fella came in and used his freedom of speech to say that ethnic studies is related to terroristic attacks. I mean, we're in Texas. It's like it's Texas is republic Republicans. Ethnic study is totally different from radicalism. And radicalism is is very how do I say very convoluted, you know, in, in society, and people don't get that, you know. We're not here to hurt anybody. We're just here to have fun, live life. Succeed, yeah, learn. what our parents dreamed for us for, you know? The American dream. Exactly. exactly. No, you're exactly <laughs> <Of course>. right. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, at the end of the day, what I tell people is that if, you, if you're fulfilled with your history and culture, you have the wisdom and the intellectual framework to build bridges. So I think that fella is part of the stereotype that people are, are scared of and it makes no sense. I'll tell you another thing too. When we're sending email blasts about the Mexican Studies Toolkit, and I want to tell people something too. I think some folks thought I was doing this to become a millionaire. I'm going to be a millionaire anyway, not because of this. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, and, Don't forget about us. <laughs> and by the way, I'm a cultural capital billionaire. I'm a billionaire in cultural capital because I got you guys. Yeah. We got 100,000 watts. We well, got legacy. We're billionaires in cultural capital. Verdad? You can't stop yes. us. Having having said that, I'm rich too. Uh, exactly. Mentally. Exactly. No. Exactly. Yeah. No. We have the knowledge. We have time and energy to donate our time. That's true. Down. Time is the most valuable. We don't get. We have. don't get paid for this. Yeah. But we we know that we get other value from this. Exactly. Verdad. So yeah. for me, I had no problem saying, you know what, I don't want an advance for this textbook. You know what, I will spend my own money to do these workshops because that's not required. I want our community to hear about this just like we've been doing with Nuestra Palabra, the radio show, and in person, verdad? I mean, that was, that to me was, was super important. Now, we would do email blasts and then <laughs> some of the, I'm not going to go over all the haters, okay? Because, I, hey, you know. <laughs> you never I, finish. Exactly. <laughs> how much it's time do we have? It's only one hour, Tony, and we do have a guest. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, but I will say this. There would be folks that would send emails back and say, I don't believe in Mexican studies. Uh, Mexican studies will not help students. Uh, this should not be in our schools. And like I'm saying, it's 1930s in parts of Texas. So mm-hmm. ba- basically, Texas Board of Education voted it down on strictly technicalities. And um, if you go to the Facebook page, I've got my response to what they said. Now, what I am proud of, I am proud of that they're more polite than they ever were. Okay, so so in the past, <laughs> how, how were they polite? Well, let me put it this way: you can go on Google and see old videos. In the old days, what the Texas State Board of Education would do is they would say things like, "We don't want the Lores Huerta, <laughs> who was co-founder of the United Farm Workers Union with Cesar Chavez." They'd say, "We don't want the Lores Huerta in the textbooks because she's a communist, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> or she's a socialist, verdad?" This this was their reasoning in the past. They didn't say that. So we get exposed quickly now with the <laughs> social media and technology. The age of the internet, right? He, so they can start a fire it. if they say that, like, and that and that make them like. Mm-hmm. That will, that will make the book pass. Mm-hmm. So so they're more polite now. They didn't say that. What what they did do is they moved the goalposts. So I will say this: the Mexican Studies Toolkit fit all the criteria. 
fit all the rules. Where's the goalpost now? They moved it because basically what they said was that. Well, well let me give you one quick update. I, I'll send the email out so you can read it too. In front of me, they were arguing about what the definition of a textbook is. Okay, so so okay, if you're if you're taking a postmodern class <laughs> in literature, it's cool to debate what a textbook is. But it ain't cool to debate a textbook is the day you show up for a vote <laughs> on the adoption process. I'm That's like, actually yeah. scary. Yeah, like maybe you should have thought about this <laughs> before we engage in this. And in front of me, the elected officials in charge of this process debated the definition of a textbook, they debated the definition of instructional material, and they debated what supplemental material is, and they voted different ways. They voted one way on the rules they made up in front of me for the textbook I submitted, and then they voted another way in the next vote. At the end of the day, that's not right. they move the goalpost, they make up the rules, they vote on the rules they made up, and they interpret them themselves. And here's the deal. They turned their back on Mexican market studies. In that context, they can do whatever they want. They could have extended the time for the textbook. They could have opened up the call for textbooks again, ethnic studies. And I want to clarify, it was ethnic studies for all groups, African-American, uh, Asian-American, yeah. uh, Mexican-American. Or they could have made sure that they had the TEKS, the Texas Essential Knowledge and Skills for a course. All they said is they might think about talking about it next year. So you're going to see quotes where some of them said, we're going to talk about putting on the agenda. That's not good enough. They are brainstorming. So we're back where we were in 2014. We need to demand that they implement Mexican-American studies and African-American studies. And to me, I'm going to end it on a high note because guess what? I am proud to be part of the Chicana Chicano legacy and the Latinos in this room listening, the writers, the readers, where we can put together enough material where they got to use loopholes to beat us and where, guess what? Okay, I got punched. Eh. Jab, it was a jab. It was a jab. <laughs> I ain't got knocked out. That book is out there. I, I look forward to the updates of the book. I look forward to working with community members to implement this, and we're going back to grassroots. So out there in the 1,200 school districts, if you know gente that want to implement it, Reach out to me. Reach out to some of the other scholars. This ain't over. We've been at it for 20 years. And yeah. again, it's beautiful to see it working at the community level. I'm going to catch up. And I will make one bold prediction. I'm going to close with this bold prediction on this segment. I'm not going to say that within my lifetime because I'm going to live a long time. Okay, So, so it's, gotta be, it's going to be sooner than that. And not just during my professional uh, experience. Right now, I'm at my own peak. You guys are peaking at the peak of our professional experience. I'm promising you, Mexican-American studies and African-American studies will be adopted here in Texas. All right? Let's get a good show going on, guys. When I'm with you, I get fired up. I ain't yeah. scared of anybody. <laughs> We're going to win. They can do what they want. Guess what? Everybody feeling good. Here we are, vibing 100,000 watts. Mira, mano. Let's put out some good tunes. Let's get in some good people. Let's keep this revolution rolling. We're giving you the soundtrack to a revolution. Ladies and gentlemen, you're experiencing Nuestra Palabra. Latino writers having their say on the air, in the streets, and in the books at 90.1 FM KPFT. This is Tony Alibu Traficante with the crew. We'll be right back right after this. All right. We'll be back. All right. Break. Okay.
Palabra, Latino writers having their say on the air. Thank you so much for joining us. A little bit of good news all around. I want to congratulate our, our vato, our homie, our hermano Lalo Arcaraz for the success of Coco. You may not have realized he was involved in that film, which has been a huge, huge uh, success in Mexico. Believe it or not, it started there, and it's been one of the big blockbusters in that country. Can't wait for it to get past the wall. We didn't build a wall yet, right? I hope not. Not yet. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> so we can get here, too. Also, congratulations to a dear friend of Nuestra Palabra, Edward Villaduerwera, who is the 2018 McAllen Poet Laureate of the Valley. That is so cool. It's great to see our friends, our allies making a huge impact. And Texas is so behind. I want to congratulate California for passing its ethnic studies bill, which is a huge deal. And our friend Jose del Barrio, who is really a champion for what we do. It's great to team up with him. He has been named to the statewide committee working on the curriculum. So California leads the way. It is time for Texas to catch up. And our next guest is yet more proof that we've got so much talent at every level. No nomás en poesía, fiction and poetry, pero también en música, la letra de música. I want to welcome from Negami, Carlos Villegas. ¿Cómo estás? Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Uh, uh, it's an honor to be here today. No, gracias. And we'll have some of your music. at. We had some of your music at the top. We'll, we'll play uh, also some music after we chat with you. But also, I want to congratulate you on giving back to the community as you've always done. Of course, we really loved uh, Jose Quesada's... <laughs> Corrida to Jose Altuve. <laughs> you know, that was amazing uh, what Jose did. It just He just came up with that all of a sudden. It became a huge, huge hit uh, here in Houston and I'm, I'm sure in other areas. But, yeah, we we're very proud of Jose for um, sitting in there and, of course, honoring the, the Houston Astros with his little corrido for Jose Altuve. And that was before we dominated the World Series. That's too. right. That was before. That was before they actually took over. But, so it was amazing. That's when people were, were still betting against us, saying it wouldn't happen, talking their smacks. Of course. <laughs> so the music helped. And I remember, too, at that time, I think it was right around when that came out. I think it was like the first game. No, it was. It must have been the second game in the World Series where the Latino bats woke up. And there were like three Latinos from the Astros that knocked home runs out. And I kept thinking, you know what? You got three Latinos contributing to the American dream like Latinos contribute. They were contributing to the Amer great American sport like we contribute to the That's great right. American country. And it's like, you know what? America, America if you want to play ball, you got to get over that wall. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So are you guys going to update it with, to put the whole line there you about the MVP? You know what? Uh, as a matter of fact, we were talking about right when I got here, uh, it was brought up. Someone uh, right here next to me brought it up. Marlon <laughs> brought it up. So I think it's something we should definitely do. I think it, it was such a huge hit. So we're going to probably uh, discuss it and see what we can do about making that, uh, actually putting it down in the studio. I love it. I love it. See, that that's the impact. That's the impact of the show. That's right. <laughs> Influencing art. So then, uh, so you're Mexican-American, like the Hano background. Tell us a little bit about your raíces y tu familia. Sure. And, and in reference to myself, I was born in Guadalajara. Eso! I was, I was born in Mexico. I've been in the United States since I was uh, five years old. I was brought here when I was five. Um, the United States is really all I know. I grew up here, went to school here. And when you say here, in, in Houston? Here in Houston, ah. yeah. I, I, I've lived in Houston. I consider myself a Houstonian, uh, of course, and um, a proud Houstonian, as a matter of fact. And, and I've been here all my life, pretty much. Um, Where'd you go to school? I went to school in, in the inner cities. I went to uh, Austin High School. Oh, shout out uh, to Austin. Austin High School Mustangs is my high school. Yes, so. <laughs> yes sir. Uh, of course, and I, I, a couple of years I went to you know, University of Houston as well. So um, I'm, I'm... You're a true local I'm talent. a true local Houstonian. And you know what? I got to give a shout out to Guadalajara. One of our crew, Lupe Mendez, Libre Traficante Lips Mendez, he couldn't make it today. He's still tuning in because we do afterwards grade each other, and he's a tough grader. But he got gente from Guadalajara, so it's, it's a Guadalajara connection. There you go. <laughs> and then when did you start? When did you get into music? I've been involved in music all my life. Uh, pretty much uh, at the age of about seven, um, 
started doing mariachi music uh, here at Rippling House. For those people that are, you know, they're Houstonians, they, they know Rippling House uh, was an amazing place where they had Padre Folcorico, mariachi, and a clinic and all kinds of stuff. Kind of, kind of our early ethnic studies classes, actually. Exactly, exactly. So um started off doing mariachi for about 10 years. Um, and then I was recruited to uh, to join a Tejano band. Back then, it was not Negami. Back then, it was actually called Latin Image. It's a, a Houston uh, local band that actually started off at the same time that La Fiebre started, Fama, for those that know Tejano music. So Latin Image, I was recruited to sing for Latin Image, and I did Latin Image for a long time. And then from there... Uh, um, we changed our name when we signed on with Abraham Quintanilla, signed us on. We were on tour with Selena. We changed our name to Imagen Latina. It's Latin image in Spanish. Um, and once, after a couple of years, after Selena's uh, passing, um, decided to start fresh, start new, a new project. And that's when Nagami was born. And so. tell us a little about those touring days. So I imagine you guys did a lot of traveling, no? What was that like? Oh, it's been amazing. Now, of course, you know, we still travel. We're still doing a lot of things, especially in Mexico. That's our, oh, strong, see. That's our strongest area, actually, wow. for us. We've traveled. ¿Qué parte de Mexico? We've been all over Nuevo León. We've been all over uh, um, San Luis Potosí. Nuevo León. Aguascalientes. San Luis. Puebla. León, Guanajuato. So we've, we've so been. So they love Tejano music out there. There's a lot of Tejano. No music Kitty. lovers all over mexico yes sir you'd be surprised uh, and some of the passion you feel the passion even more over there wow. i guess because they don't get it often so when a tejano band like negami goes out there they show their love not wow. i'm not saying there's not love here there is love here but imagine a band going to mexico to san luis or to, to puebla which is way down south of mexico city and having a band travel from Texas, uh, they show you love. They truly show you some love. So we've been doing that a lot with Negami. Now, back with Latin Image, we did a lot of touring, but it was a lot more in the United States. But but let, let's be honest. So we get taken for granted in our own backyard often and our own country. So let's put this in context. Mm-hmm. Here's what we're hearing is that there's not a... Tejano station. Now here we have Gus Garza does a show. We do have some Tejano on our station, That's of course. Right. That's right. But there's not a dedicated Tejano station. Now I haven't checked the AM station. I know I'm going to wind up getting an email from someone no. mad at me, but I think we have none right now. No, I don't That's believe messed we have. Up, we had one a, f- a few months back, uh, I believe. There was one an AM station. I believe I'm like you. I'll probably get some bad uh, some <laughs> messages, but I don't believe we have one anymore. Not even an AM. Verdad? So so. Th- <laughs> research is, is on, on it right now. We right. research that information. But, but right think now. about it. We have to work hard to find it in the fourth largest city of America. On the flip side, Mexico, you go, and they love us. Likewise, right now. Uh, that's uh, that's with any artist, actually. Uh, like, if you're from your own city, like, they don't support you as much. But if you go that's to true. another city, they support you more because you're not there all the time. They well, take you for granted. Evidently, we got we to gotta go to other countries, too. Because countries, too. Da- yeah. También, uh, Daniel Peña, we're going to be celebrating and interviewing him soon because Arte Publica Press will be publishing his book, Bang, coming out soon. He's in Germany right now. In Germany. And he's teaching Chicano literature in Germany. That's that is awesome. nice. so, so let's get this straight. Tech State Board of Education... <laughs> Does nothing for Mexican American studies, and in Germany, Germany, <laughs> they're loving Chicano literature because okay. it's rare over there. You don't see nothing like that, right? I love that. So, uh, uh, again, it's great that that we know we rock. And you know what? There's a lot of radio stations in Mexico. There's not fully dedicated. Tejano stations, but there's a lot of FM stations with dedicated Tejano shows. Wow! And in Houston, we we have nothing. No. You know, uh, of course, Gus. We appreciate what Gus does here, but you know, there was a time here in Houston where we had you know two FM radio stations dedicated to Tejano, plus an AM station. So here we are, you know, and we have nothing. This it's it's, it's and we're sad. in Texas now. Marlene has yeah, Mar- 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 done some quick research. What's the scoop? Uh, what's okay. the scoop? So far, I've only found one online station, and it's called Houston's Finest Tejano Radio. Online. It so is online. Online. Right, right. online. And, and I believe they, they... And there's several others. I just haven't found them yet. And I, no, I believe they had a, an, an AM dedicated show on, on AM, that same station. I think it was 13, 
Yeah, thirteen twenty. Now there's or nine eighty something like that. Right, and there's a lot of online Tejano stations and great ones. As a matter of fact, we you know we support and, and they support us. There's a lot of online uh, radio stations that de- uh, dedicate Tejano, you know, dedicate their shows to Tejano music full time. Um, but it's unfortunate we cannot have uh, an FM station in in the city of Houston, being such a large city. And, and I think what I would add to that, and we're going to get on to the to the the what we brought you on to talk about, but I do want to put it in context is that. At the end of the day, what I'm getting at is if people put their heads together and the system wants us, they come up with ways to deliver us. There's Mexican food in every state of the union. You go to Alaska, okay? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so when you want it, you, you bring it. Yeah. They just don't understand how powerful all this stuff is. So, But on that note, I'm, I'm glad that you're, you're, you're fired up. You're helping the community. So tell us a little bit about the project you're working on right now. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, Nagami, um, we have been... Uh, presenting a toy drive for the last nine years. We're actually on our ninth year uh, doing a toy drive. It all started off because I work for a school district, and so does my wife. She's a teacher here. Are you at liberty to say which one? Absolutely. Galena Park is the. Oh, man, Galena. Galena. Pura raza over there. Galena Park, there's a lot of of raza. So uh, we started off by doing um, a, a toy drive about nine years ago. We decided to go ahead and have a toy drive because we saw the need, you know, uh, in those areas. There's some very uh, uh, hard areas where people may not have be as fortunate as we are. So uh, we decided break, break it down. So I mean, is it really like eye-opening? Very, need? very much so. Very much so. There, there's a specific area. It's it's the Cloverleaf area, which Cloverleaf. is probably exactly you're familiar with Cloverleaf. Yeah, I live over there. You know, it's it's a great area. There's some amazing people, but there's also an area where there's a lot of people in need. A huge area of people in need. So it all started off that way with my wife. We were, uh, she's a school teacher. We were about to go on break, and um, we paid a visit to uh, one of our students' uh, homes, and and we saw the need. We're taking pictures as we're talking. That's amazing. <laughs> we can do two things at one That's time. Right. <laughs> we paid a visit to one of our students, and and we realized that the, the, at that point they had no electricity. Uh, so they and it was let's you know, pause. It was let's r- pause right there. Fourth largest city mm-hmm. in America. Yes, sir. And here we are with most powerful military. Here we are uh, debating the future of fossil fuels. You're telling me a familia without electricity. You know, and, and, and it, there's a lot more of it than we think and that we know. You know, there's people that struggle paying bills, and sometimes if they have to cut off a, a, the light bill or the light that they have to. And that's what that started off our tow mm. drive. We started off with that family. We went to go pay a visit. We didn't. I think my wife needed to drop off some paperwork. I can't remember the whole story. But when we realized that family at that point was without electricity, and it was right before Christmas, we thought, oh, my gosh, uh, Christmas is probably the last thing on their mind. And for those uh, innocent babies that are looking forward to, you know, to a Christmas tree and, and, and gifts, um, that broke my heart. Honestly, I'll, I'll be honest with you, that day after we paid that visit, my wife and I were both in tears um, because it really broke my heart realizing that we were about to go, you know, shopping and, you know, taking care of our kids. And, and, and at the same time, here we are with a family that, you know, totally um, down what, in their luck. What, so what drew you to visit them? What was what? It was it was a home visit for my wife. I was uh, tagged along with my wife because she's a school teacher and they do that often. A lot of times they'll go to, uh, you know, to do a home visit, either drop off a, a report card or they needed something signed. I forget exactly what she needed to Got do. It's, it's a home visit from a teacher to a student. And I just happened to be there, of course, with her. And, and that's what triggered it. That's the first year we did the toy drive. Uh, in two weeks, I put together the first concert. It's basically I invited a few bands, and I and I, I spoke to a, a friend of mine that owns a hall, and I said, "Look, I want to do a concert, free concert, and have people come in, bring a toy, so that we can turn around and deliver in those hard hit areas." So that's what started it off. Now we're on our ninth year, and because I do work for Galena Park ISD, I've kind of joined forces with them. So what we do in that district is we sponsor five families per per school in Galena Park, and we have 25 uh, schools in, in Galena Park. 25 schools? It's 25 schools for Galena Park ISD. So what I do... Um, so you're helping 125 families? Uh, yes, sir. And, wow. and, and now keep in mind, a family could it could be a family of five kids, one kid. We've had families that have 12, that list 12 kids on their form because we send out forms to the counselors. So those are the families we help immediately at those schools. Uh, and then after that, the band and several volunteers, uh, we go hit uh, hit the area, the Cloverleaf, the North Shore area, the Houston, and the different areas in Houston where we go and actually deliver toys uh, door-to-door. 
And the reason why I think that's important is because, you know, even with the counselors in our schools, sometimes there's families that may not need help. But as soon as they hear, oh, they're giving away free toys, what are they going to do? They're going to sign up because it's free. But there's a lot of families, like that family we visited that first year that had no electricity. They weren't out there saying, give me, give me, right. give me. No, exactly. They were just worried about their, their light, their, their, having electricity and keeping warm that cold, that cold winter. So those people are the ones that I want to reach. And I think especially in our community, like uh, like my dad would say, of course, in Spanish, like even with, um, you know, you know how you're supposed to interview your family? That's always like an assignment. My dad said, no, he goes, nada. Don't tell them anything. Yeah. And my dad would say, don't tell anybody if you need anything. Yeah. You tell me, you tell mom, you tell us. Don't tell anybody. It happens even now. I mean, and I, and I, I like to use my wife as an example because she is a teacher. She is a kindergarten teacher. She, she deals with little ones and little ones say the truth. Even this year, she had one, one kid that said, oh, en la casa no tenemos, no tenemos estufa o refrigerador. We don't have a refrigerator or we don't have a kitchen table. And, of course, my wife has a huge heart, and immediately she, she reaches out to the grandma, who is the one that she can you know, talk to. And, like, no, 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 estamos bien. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. And that's because some people are like that. They don't want to ask for help. They don't want to show weak, mm-hmm. a sign of weakness, or, or maybe they feel they're going to get in trouble by saying, you know, saying mm-hmm. we don't have uh, resources to keep our family safe. And those are the families that worry me. Those are the families I want to reach out to, and that's the reason why our toy drive is not just bring a toy and then we go dump it off at Toys for Tots or whatever. We give it directly to the families that need it, beautiful. and we go door to door and knock on people's doors because they're they're the ones not asking for it. And a lot, of, and sometimes we we knock on a door and they may not need it, but we still leave it. But we knock on a lot of doors where there's tears where there's people in tears, where they have had families saying, if it wasn't for your toy drive or for your, your gifts, we would not have any under the or, or under a tree or not even a tree. A lot of them don't even have a tree. We've had those kind of experiences, and that keeps me going every year. You know, families, that's that's, families that tell kids, we had this happen two years ago where uh, the family came out, a couple of kids, we gave them all toys, and, and immediately the dad said, don't open them, don't open them, because we tell them, open them, go for it. It's not, no, it's, it's okay. And at that time, the dad said, no, don't open them because that is your Christmas gift. That's all you're going to get. So we want them to have something for Christmas. Mm. That breaks my heart. Mm. Um, a lot of us are in tears at that point. So what, of course, that point, at that point, we said, nope, open them and give them more. Give them plenty more so they can have some Beautiful. now and some for under the tree. I love that. Our event is, is a, it's a wonderful thing. And, and I know there's a lot of toy drives out there and we support every single person that, that, you know, does something for, for our kids. But, um, um, we want to thank all the people that support us, uh, including a lot of bands. We've had a lot of bands throughout the years. You're that like have come a nuestra palabra for bands. That's right. You, you, we bring all the writers together. You bring all the bands together. I bring the bands in. We've had bands like uh, Grupo Ligado. As a matter of fact, this year, Grupo Ligado is a, an amazing band that's, that's going to be performing this year. Um, we've had Ram Herrera actually perform, and he's a, 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 a huge Tejano mm-hmm. artist. Uh, the Hometown Boys, who are also a huge Tejano artist. Ligaditos. We've had a lot of bands. Uh, Mariachi Imperial, who's an award-winning mariachi that's traveled wow. all over the world. Wow. Uh, so Marlena a- is totally... <laughs> she, <laughs> well, okay. She's totally cheering. No, no, no. Okay. Nah, she- let, me, let, me give you, let me tell you something. I don't know if a lot of people know. Um, he knows. But I'm, I'm on the committee for, one of the committees for the rodeo. They played at the hideout. Oh, Packed house. That was fun. That was fun. Packed house. Fun. I'm telling you. They closed the doors. Um... Also in the committee, we do something similar every year. And uh, we go to a school, and they actually give out presents to, uh, I think, 100 students. And the, my first year, I w- it was myself and my brother. My brother's like 6'5", big guy. We're like just jaw-dropping because mm-hmm. these kids just are so excited. These kids, bags and bags of, of presents. I mean, some of them get bikes. Some of them get clothes. Some of them get, you know... It's it's a whole day. Something's you know it's there's it's not a concert, but they get like food and games, and there's a photo booth, and it, you just don't you their face can't lie. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them are crying when they yeah. get their presents. I mean, you they get a bike and they're like so in true. tears. That's so, so true. Uh, now that you're talking about this. Uh, one time I, I was in elementary school and I got a bike on one time from a tow drive, a tow drive like that, 
And now, now that I recall, it probably was, it probably was that. Like I was so excited wow. when I got that bike. Honestly, what did it mean like, to you? Yeah, yeah. What like it, I, it was my first bike ever. Like I always used to get like uh, hand-me-down bikes and stuff from other places, and like this was my first bike, and it was like mm. totally exciting. And you said you're from, you're from Cloverleaf. You live in that area. No, I'm from the southeast for like a uh, like telephone, like telephone okay. road and all that. But okay. I know the Cloverleaf. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Now, okay, good, good. Yeah. I, well, I grew up in the Magnolia area, so I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah. We're we're in the from the straight same up, straight up, like straight up Magnolia. <laughs> yeah, see? I was I was lucky enough not to have to go through that. I mean, there was time, but it was not as bad uh, per se. You know, my family is five five kids, my mom and my dad. Luckily for me, we were not at that point where we had no lights, we had no food, mm-hmm. you know, but as I grew up, I would see it. I would see it at school. And then with me being in, in the committee and, and them, you know, doing this every year, we've done it for the last three years. It just amazes me that there's people out there still that won't help a child who may not have anything on Christmas or on a daily basis. So things like this, I'm always looking for them. And you know, when when I when we had Jose two weeks ago, I told Lupe, I said, you know what, they're doing a a toy drive. I, I said, I think it's December second. I said, he goes, get him on. And that's give, what, give and, us, yeah, give us the the the, the data. Absolutely, yeah. The, so the toy drive is happening on Saturday, December second. And now I want to invite everybody to go to our Facebook page. Uh, if you have a Facebook uh, a page. Uh, or Facebook account, go to our Facebook page, or the easiest way, you can also go to GrupoNegami.com. Mm-hmm. That will point you to our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, so, and all the pages. So on Facebook, it's Negami? It's uh, Negami. Spell it, for, I, spell it for the listeners? Sure, it's N-E-G-A-M-I, Negami. Hey, can, can you tell us how you came up with that name? Or how because it sounds like a Power Ranger <laughs> Japanese <laughs> magna. <laughs> hey, that's a good idea for the next album. We all dress like Power Rangers. <laughs> Yeah. Oh well, the, the name—that's a good question you're you're asking there. Now, I, I, earlier in the interview, I spoke about Latin Image uh, changing its name to Imagen Latina when we were on uh, under the production of Abraham Quintanilla or in the direction of Abraham Quintanilla. Oh, I get it. That. Now, I get the it. word Imagen. But explain it to everybody. If you look, if, if the word Imagen is yeah. image. So Latin Image went from Latin Image to Imagen Latina. Yeah. Now, I wanted to keep. A taste of Latin image or imagen into the new name, and 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 of course uh, at that time the songwriter for um, Dicen Por I, which was our biggest hit we did with uh, uh, Ricky Martinez from the Hometown Boys, he was involved in the picture too, and we we were t- trying to come up with names and generate ideas. So that's how uh, Negami was born. Is basically it's the word imagen backwards. Yeah, imagen. So if you have imagen on a shirt, you look at yourself in the mirror, it's Negami. So. Uh, yeah. And actually, I posted a link to the event for the toy drive, anybody on our Facebook page, so and our Twitter. So in case anybody wants to go on there, it takes you directly to the Facebook awesome. page and the link to the to awesome. toy drive. So it's Saturday, December 2nd. We're going to have, uh, it's from 12 to 5. Uh, it's a family event. Santa Claus will be in the house. We have uh, face painting. We have Negami is going to be performing. Ligado is going to be performing. Uh, that's the fun. High school for the performing and visual arts is bringing their mariachi. Well, uh, well, so well. that's going to be amazing. Also, I have um, Ligado, Negami, uh, mariachi from HSPVA. I have Grupo Badenagi, which is a family. You guys have to. If, I hope you, hopefully, you guys can come out and check them out. It's a family band. It's mom, dad, and five girls. Oh yeah, and they're amazing as well. So they will be also. What's performing. the name of their band? Vade Nagi. Uh, it's like Negami. It's like what is that? That's another Power Ranger band. Uh, and I have to ask him the same thing. What does Vade Nagi mean? I'm sure there's a meaning behind it. Uh, and also, breakfast at Tiffany's will be there. Ah, uh, breakfast at Tiffany's. I mean, I've seen a lot of videos on YouTube of that band, and they're amazing. They do Salinas. But does a Tejano band named Breakfast at Tiffany's? Actually, they're not Tejano. They're a variety band. They play everything they put, ah. I mean, they're amazing they put on a show um they're one of houston's premier bands so um they're the band that are gonna they're, they're gonna play all kinds of english and spanish and all kinds de of todo. stuff todo un poquito. so it, we're excited it's gonna be a full lineup so so, five. so that's is that when you give the toys out or is that when we bring the toys no, that's when we bring toys so the idea of this concert from 12 to 5 is for people to come in and bring an unwrapped toy so we're asking for unwrapped toys because our toy drive, yet another reason why we're different. Uh, our toys come in. I have, hun- uh, not hundreds, but um, dozens of volunteers in, in, in the building. The toys come in. We have students, student runners. They take them to a designation table. We decide whether it's an appropriate toy for boy or girl in an age group. 
Then it goes to a different table where we have volunteers that are wrapping on the spot and then they're labeling. We don't want to give toys that are unwrapped, but at the same time, we don't want wrapped toys because we want to know what we're giving. Right. We want to make sure that if it's a five-year-old boy, he's going to get the best toy for a five-year-old boy. Um, so our, our our toy drive is... Está listos. Yeah, Está listos. It's a whole man. business. It's like a little business. You have to come in and check us out. I mean, again, uh, it's an amazing so, event. Now, from our side... Uh, what if someone is like, okay, uh, I'm going to go to Dollar Store and get 10 toys. Would that be appropriate, or is it more like, hey, a $10 limit, or what would be We're the... not going to. We are not going to turn anybody away. I've always told my staff and my volunteers, no one gets turned away at the door. Someone shows up and says, uh, all I could afford was a dollar, a, a, a dollar store, we'll take it. What we do, we anything that's under $10, we prefer a $10 toy or, or more, obviously, but you know, I don't want to turn any, anyone away that wants to come to the concert and all they can afford is a $5 toy. That's fine. What we do is we any, any toys uh, that are less than $10, we put them on a separate pile. And those are the toys as we're uh, going door uh, to door. We, we just hand electrics. out all kinds. Of, it could be a book. It could be, I mean, uh, just a smaller sure. doll. I mean, we, we're going to take whatever you, you bring it. us. But what we prefer is an unwrapped toy that's at least $10. It also granito that at night. Give the address out again. The ad, you know what? The address is 13801. Luckily, I remember it by, by heart. <laughs> it's 13801 Holly Park. And what is that? That's a... the name of the building. It's probably the best way because if you just, if you Google the name of the building, it'll take you straight there. It's called the Joys Zotes Education Center. Zotes is Z O T Z, and that's part of the Galena. It's part of Galena Park ISD. It's one of the uh, one of the training buildings, and it's a huge building. We, by the way, we bring in a stage, we bring in a sound system, uh, and we have some great sponsors that make it happen for us. And I want to thank them for that. Uh, that make it uh, uh, make it possible for us to go ahead and have a great show from twelve to five. So it is a, a nice building to have a concert, um, and it's a family oriented. Man, event, so. so I have a question. Um, say someone who's listening wants to help out by sp sponsoring you do they need to get in contact with you do they need who do they need to reach out to they can reach out to me uh of course they can look us up again on on our facebook uh, pages or i can also you know provide my email or my phone number that's fine but we do have some people that want to donate maybe they're out of town uh we've had people that want to donate from dallas and austin san antonio and we'll accept any donations of course uh but they can reach us through either our facebook and since you tagged us on your page mm -hmm. um reach us through facebook or they can reach me directly as well so as uh, that being said would they would these be monetary uh, donations or would they be toys whatever whatever we, they want yeah absolutely okay. well, it sounds like i mean i'm sure there's a lot of cost involved for the stage and all that there isn't any monetary donations that come in will be turned around and we go shopping for toys uh along with the the toy drive uh, we also host a um a kickball tournament and that's another way to generate funds so there's a lot of that goes on before the concert happens so we've had our ninth annual kickball tournament where we had 12 teams participate and all the donations that come in well we turn around and go shopping and we already have toys even before the concert happens uh we're al we already have toys ready to go so that we can start wrapping as soon as 12 o'clock uh hits we start wrapping toys and, and labeling toys immediately so there's a lot that happens before the concert itself so um you know we want to invite everybody to come out come on out and enjoy and music. support our gente our familias exactly. our neighbors at galena park because you're right there's a lot of toy drives but i love that you are really getting it down to the community in Galena, which we don't always have at the front of our minds, but we should. We should. And, and if you go to Facebook as well, we, we do have a Negami Toy Drive uh, Facebook uh, page as well, and we have all the videos there. Uh, we broadcast live every time we go, and we do it just so that we can get more people involved. Love it. We want to we wanna, uh, make sure everybody understands this, this, we're not doing this for show. We're not doing this to get attention. Uh, we're doing this, and if we broadcast live from the event or when we deliver toys, it's because we want people to understand what we're doing, and we want more people to get involved. That's correct. And find a way to help out the community. Well, I tell you what. the um, Let's see. Uh, that sounds great. And then uh, – uh, one more time, we'll post it on our Facebook pages, and we'll let people know about that. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for what you do for the community. Oh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure being here, and, and I want to wish you guys the best on this show. You guys do a great job helping out the community in many different ways, and we appreciate that you took your time to invite uh, Negami and invite myself so that we can talk about the toy drive this year. Great. Thank you. And then in a little bit, we're going to do an outro with one of your other songs. Yeah, one of the It's going to be called uh, Por Qué. 
Alvaro said that he's ready to talk if we can. We I don't got know if you want to give him a call. Five minutes. Do you want to give him a call? Give, let's give him a call and just congratulate him. Okay. And then uh, while you're dialing him, tell us about the, what's the name of the song? It's called Por Qué. Por Qué. This is one of the songs from our latest CD, which is called Avanzando, available on iTunes, on Google Play Store, and all over the place. This song features Little Miss Dynamite, Miss Shelly Lattice from San Antonio, Texas. Nice. Yes, sir. And, and why, why is it called Por Qué? Uh, why? Well... I think the name says it says it all. Why? I don't know why, but <laughs> it's, it's 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 a song about heartbreak. It's a song about trying to ask why is it that that I, love couldn't happen. So this is porque with uh, Shelly Lares. Porque no supe valorar todo tu amor. te hice tanto daño. Porque presiento que ya todo terminó Porque no estuve en el momento De tu tristeza y en dos noches de dolor Porque no fui yo tu consuelo That's awesome. That is a snippet. Okay, we'll be back with the rest of the song. I want to thank uh, the, uh, the crew for do donating their time and energy to the good cause. we got just a minute to congratulate Alvaro Sarris. Hey, Alvaro, congratulations on a great play, brother. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me on. No, man, and it's great. So I was telling the, the, the young cats that run the board that Alvaro was one of the first to run the board, man. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm the one who invented running the board. That's right. That, you know, yeah. <laughs> Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> hey, so so how did it feel to see your play in full splendor? I mean, it was really powerful to see the scenery, the lighting. You come a long way from Chapultepec Restaurant. How would that feel, Alvaro? Oh, man. So, you know, it's, I mean, it was a dream come true, you know. I mean, to have my, my play being produced in hometown, but also, you know, at my, my alma mater at the University of Houston, um, yeah, and then having my family and you, and I mean, uh, people who have influenced me throughout the years, like, it's just, uh, man, I mean, it, it was, it was pretty awesome, man. You can't ask for more than that. That, that really is incredible. I think that's, that's what this is all about. And of course, I, I want to put it in context. You've performed plays all over. So it's not as if it's the first time you've seen your work perform, but I think for all of us, it is great to see the, the hometown hero recognizing his own backyard the way it should be. And I love that there's a bunch of yous running around performing you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, my work has been performed like uh, basically various cities around this country, but not, you know, in terms of being performed in Houston, unless I'm taking it there, um, usually it's, it's not that. So it was great to kind of see it on stage and, and having, you know, audiences of all different uh, ages coming in and, and, and seeing this production. So it was, uh, yeah, I mean, I hope you inspire the next generation just as you inspired me. No, I appreciate that, and you have, brother. So tell folks, and we're about to run out of time because uh, uh, it's winding down. Uh, tell folks how they can keep track of you so they can keep um, up. Well, I, I'm on Facebook, but I would say look for uh, the Royal Mexican Players. We have a Facebook page called Royal Mexican Players. We also have a website, uh, royalmexicans.com. But I would say the Facebook page we're a little more better at. 